0: On today's Court Vision Blogs podcast, we have a very special guest, pro scout for Net Scouts, Carl Berman. Carl and I talked about the NBA draft, his thoughts on the players that were drafted, and we also talked about the Vegas Summer League. It was a great interview with Carl. I really enjoyed our conversation. I also talk about the Westbrook trade and the details and how I think this is gonna work and how Houston could be a championship contender. And then I also talk more about the Summer League and the finale. Uh, today is a great episode. Let's go. Today is Friday, July 19th, and we are in the dog days of summer. Not a lot going on right now with NBA news. The NBA Summer League had just finished up on Monday, and Memphis had just won the championship. I'm a little disappointed that the Summer League is over. I really do enjoy watching the NBA Summer League. It was a lot of fun. Um, It's funny how much it's grown in the past four or five years and how big it's gotten and how much publicity it's getting. Um, even Carl mentions in our interview that it's sold out. There's a couple games, like there's days where it's sold out and it's tough to get tickets now, It's which is awesome. I really do enjoy watching the summer league. There's something to do. There's something to watch during the summer, something you can enjoy. Um, I mean, I do. I also do enjoy watching golf during the summer. It'd call me crazy, but, you know, golf is a fun time to watch for me. I'm just, I want to be a golfer, but... I suck at it. Um, but back to it, I mean, like it's a great, great time. Um, a lot of fun watching the Summer League. It's cool to watch some players in college and watch a team with the rookies that they draft and see how well they do. Um, Memphis had a good run with the team that they had and the draft pick that they selected with Brandon Clark. He was actually the MVP of the Summer League. And then in the finale, he had 17 points and 16 rebounds, I think, which was absolutely crazy. He played... Really, really well. He played a great, great player for Gonzaga. Um, you know, a guy that was in his junior year came in, played, played awesome in the summer league. Stepped up big time when his team needed him, and you know that's great to see. Also, Taco Fall was the big—I think the big superstar of the summer league the crowd went nuts every time this guy came in the crowd was going wild they loved him they absolutely loved taco fall which is great i hope taco fall makes a team or he makes a g league team i think the celtics should sign him to the g league team it would be awesome just to see him play uh and see him develop his skills he needs to work on a couple things he needs to work on his hands and his hand-eye coordination i think Catching, uh, He had a hard time catching basketballs, but he's just pure entertainment. I don't think we've, you know, in our time, we don't really see too many tall players that are 7'5", seven, 7'7", seven, seven around his height. And he, someone that doesn't really even need to jump when they dunk. It's pretty awesome to watch him play. It's a lot of fun. Um, I also was very impressed. I watched a lot of Celtics Summer League um, with Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards was a monster in the Summer League. He had some really good games. The kid's... You know he's not a big kid, like height wise, but like strength wise, he's a big kid. Um, he played really well. He did, some th- he did his thing. He was he was carrying over from the NCAA tournament. He was still scoring twenty nine points, twenty two points, putting up threes, coming over half court and just jacking up threes. It was awesome. It was a great, great, great time to watch him play. But you know I really do enjoy the summer league. I'm glad that it has grown as much as it's grown. That they do a tournament. All thirty teams are involved with it. I think that big basketball fans out there are also excited that this has grown, and then you can get it on the NBA package. So if there's games on while you're at work, guilty of doing this a couple times, uh, watching some games while you're on at work, or listening to games while you're on at work. Um, It's been a lot of, it was a good, good summer league, a lot of fun to watch. Um, You know, I was excited. I'm always excited for the summer league. I always look forward to it. I love the NBA draft, so I love seeing these kids that come out and play in the, in the summer league and see how well they do. So, uh, I was, uh, it's kind of disappointing that, um, Zion didn't have, wasn't able to play as much. That, that sucked, you know, being hurt after the first game and the earthquake kind of ruined his NBA appearance in the summer league. Um, RJ Barrett had some questionable games, but it looked like he came around in the end in the consolation games, you know, he averaged 15 and he believed nine. He came back. Um, you know, a lot of people were quick to jump on him and say that he wasn't playing very well. Um, you know but like hey what what the hell like the kid's still young he's still trying to figure out the game these guys these are the guys that you know you're not in college anymore you're playing against guys that are trying to make the nba guys that have played in professional leagues and have developed their skills and you know you're not playing against boys anymore you're playing against men and i think with any any player it takes time for you to develop or to adjust to that um speed of the basketball game and how fast it is and What you're seeing, and you realize that you're like, oh, this is this is a league for men now. You're in the league of men, so you know. I think with him, I think it was good. I'm glad that he was able to develop. I think fans were quick to jump all over him. You know, he just needs time to develop and grow. He's gonna be a great player. I think you know some scouts out there. I've heard say, yeah, he's okay. You know, but like I think that RJ Barrett might be the best player of this draft. He was the number one ranked player coming into this, you know, coming into this before the college season. But, you know, Zion obviously blew up on the spot because he's just an athletic freak. But I think R.J. Barrett might be your best player in this in this draft, and um, I think he's going to be a generational player too. So I think the league is in good hands with some of the guys that just got drafted. Um, also disappointed I didn't see John Morant. Uh, I don't know why he was out. He did sign right away with Memphis, so Memphis probably just shut him down. But it was you know i think overall for the guys that were drafted and who we saw and guys were in the lottery pick and whoever got picked up i think it was a good a good summer league a lot of fun always great to watch the summer league you know there's not much going on uh during the summer i mean you got the hot dog eating contest on july 4th which is always great to watch always entertaining um you have golf on and then you have Baseball, but baseball's a long season. I mean, I love baseball, don't get me wrong, but I can't sit there and watch a full game. I mean, I can do it when it's in the background, but like at least with the Summer League, I can watch a full game. Maybe it's because I'm a basketball junkie, maybe because I love basketball and I love watching basketball, but maybe that's just me. But I know there's other folks out there who do love watching basketball and they do turn on the Summer League and watch the Summer League games and see what their team's doing or just to friggin' watch it. I mean, that's the reason why I... You know i like sitting back watching those games and enjoying the day see scout guys see how well they're going to play who's going to get picked up here who's going to get picked up there um but so we're going to jump right into the interview because now that we're talking summer league we're going to jump right into the interview with carl berman who's a professional scout who works for uh sports management worldwide too as well um if you're ever interested in taking taking scouting classes professional scouting classes carl teaches those classes Carl is a smart, smart, very smart man. Uh, Knows his basketball, obviously. He's a professional of what he does and scouting guys and watching guys. So if you're ever interested in taking one of his classes, I highly suggest you look at the Sports Management Worldwide and look at their scouting classes. He does a great job. Um, So it's a great interview, so let's get into it. Here's Carl. All right. Today I have with me Carl Berman with... uh, Net Scouts, and he also teaches courses with Sports Management Worldwide. How are you doing today, of course
1: uh, Carl? Oh, good, Jeff. Thanks.
0: Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I really appreciate this. No problem. Glad to be here. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Uh, so, what? So, you're going to Vegas. You're going to the summer league this year. Um, what are your thoughts on the NBA this year's NBA draft and uh, how the first three picks played out with Zion and Ja and um rj yeah i think the first three picks um came out as
1: you know everybody expected everybody thought williamson would be the first pick um then then moran for memphis since they they decided he would be their point guard and they got rid of mike conley and then barrett third pretty much everyone had those three guys in, in that that same order and uh makes a lot of sense i think williamson's probably uh generational talent if he doesn't get hurt. Uh Moran makes a lot of sense for Memphis since uh they decided to move Conley and um you know get get draft picks for him and then Barrett uh makes a lot made a lot of sense for the Knicks.
0: What do you like who would you compare? I mean, you mentioned that Zion's like a generational player. Who would you compare Zion to? Like is there a player they can compare him to or is he just Zion Williamson?
1: Yeah, it, it's um a lot of people like to do the comparison thing, and I'm I'm really not that big on that because in a lot of cases people will stretch to find a, a, the right comparison, and it never really fits so well. You know, with Zion, um, Charles Barkley, you know, has been mentioned a few times by by some people, and that that sort of makes sense. But Zion's bigger and he's stronger and he's got better jumping abilities, so. You know, in that same framework, you could sort of compare him to Barkley, but he's sort of a bigger and stronger and and more talented version version of him.
0: Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a good comparison. I feel like a lot of people have made a comparisons to him to Charles Barkley, but it seems like he's a a a like you said a stronger and a, a more fit Charles Barkley. I would say, and like a a bigger. He's a big dude, two eighty five.
1: Yeah. And he, uh, Barkley was, um, like six, four and a half. So Williamson probably has two inches on him and he's just so much stronger. You know, Barkley was, was big and wide, but, um, he wasn't as, as fit as, as, as Williamson is. And I think Williamson's a better jumper, especially his, like quick twitch jumping second and third jumps, um, are kind of crazy. So yeah, it's, it's Barkley, but to, uh, you know, higher degree.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, he did have that, like, I think that highlight block against DeAndre Hunter, where he jumped—I don't know, like two feet from outside the block—and was able to get to Hunter on that three-point line.
1: Right, and he came from the other side of the court. Um, you know, that was that was a crazy block. I mean, it just shows his his quickness and, and athletic ability and jumping
0: jumping ability. Yeah, I mean, how much? Yeah, how? Yeah, just how athletic he is. And um, how? What are your thoughts on John Morant's like work ethic? How much do you think he'll have an impact on Memphis? Here's a guy that was a freshman that averaged about twelve points a game as a freshman, and his sophomore year it went up to about twenty-five points a game with ten assists. Yeah, it's it's tough to say as
1: far as um, someone just jumping you know, that young, just jump jumping right into the NBA as a starting point guard. Um, that'll definitely be be difficult, but he'll you know, he'll he'll learn as he goes along, I'm sure. Um you know, I don't know about his work work ethic. I think his work ethic's probably fine, but um it's just gonna take a, a lot of um yeah, it's it's just a, such a big jump from from the level of play he w- he was playing at in in college, you know, in the Ohio Valley conference to the NBA. It's just just a huge jump. Everybody always asks me who's gonna be able to start and score in double figures right away. And generally you don't get many players each year to do that, but Morant's going to, you know, he'll, he'll start at point and he'll make his mistakes and hopefully grow, grow into the role.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think so too. I think also Memphis has that good young core that they're going to, they build around him and Jerry and Jackson. I think together, I think that's going to be a team probably maybe in like four or five years, it's going to be a really good team.
1: Yeah. If they could keep, all their guys that's always the challenge yeah (laughs) they draft draft the rookies and they develop and then uh, at some point they have to make a decision whether they want to keep them or not
0: yeah or go on are those rookies go who are like an Anthony Davis going to bigger markets right want to play for that everyone's just teaming up now in the nba so yeah it's tough it's tough for the small market teams now especially in today's nba right yeah uh, and then RJ Barrett, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, do you think this is a good pickup for the Knicks, or uh, like, do you think he might might be the best out of the two out of the, out of the top three picks? Yeah, I still like Zion the best, but uh, Barrett, you know, before the the season
1: started, he was number one in all the mock drafts, and Williamson kind of passed him up this year, but he was a little bit. Um, uh, you know, a little, a little hurt by, by being at Duke with, with Williamson and Reddish. Um, he really took a lot of the scoring himself, so he probably forced a lot of action where he, you know, didn't come off looking so well. But from a talent standpoint, he just has to refine his shot a little bit. He'll, he'll be a solid scorer
0: and, um, you know, kind of prototypical wing for the NBA. Yeah, I I thought the same thing with him. There was a few games that I remember watching. I one of them specifically that comes to mind is Gonzaga, um, that RJ Barrett kind of forced the issue more towards the end of the game too, where he was just forcing up trying to game a game winner, and I think he took three or four shots in a row where he there were bad shots or he got blocked trying to force something down there instead of kicking it out. Yeah, for sure. And then you know he um,
1: I think one game he he, shot, he took thirty one shots when Williamson was out. So, and, and they were playing a short rotation and they didn't have many guys with, with ball skills and the ability to generate shots off the dribble on their own. Um, so, so yeah, he, 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 t- he took a lot on, on his own and, and, part you know, partially because of the situation
0: he was in. Yeah. And like, and we'll stick with the Duke. We'll stick with Duke on this topic. Cam Reddish, what are your thoughts on him coming into the league and, being a a top 10 pick playing for Atlanta playing with that young team down in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. I like his talent level. Um, He has six, eight and he can shoot and possibly play some point and some off guard and some three. So he can play multiple positions from a talent standpoint. I like him a lot. What, What I don't like about him is it seems like he gets hurt a lot when he was in high school, he was out a lot out of a lot of tournaments and um then this year, he was kind of in and out with with some injuries, so that's the side that concerns me a little bit about about him. Maybe from a work ethic and from a injury standpoint, um, but from a talent standpoint, I think you know he'll fit
0: in well with with that group. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think he, I think his game might translate better into the NBA than it did in college, just because it's more of a spread. And if he can keep being a knockdown shooter, I think he's going to be a guy that you know it's a Trey young that's driving and kick out and hit Cameron
1: on a three or something. Yeah. And, and at Duke, obviously he was the third, third wheel. in in that th- three man class, you know, top three, three players. And with Williamson and Barrett hogging a lot of the offensive action, I think he just, it just was hard for him to uh, make his mark there. If he was with a different school, you could probably see a lot more, more action from him this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's very true. Um, so we'll stick in the North Carolina area and then we'll go to North. We'll go to actually North Carolina and Kobe White. What do, what do you think his potential is as a point guard for Chicago Bulls? And, you know, where does that lead them to? Because they have Don, I believe, as their starter. Do you think they try to get rid of Don eventually or?
1: Yeah, apparently they're not real, real happy with him. So maybe they'll move him at some point. Um, yeah, it's interesting. We just had a long discussion on, on one of my classes about, um, American point guards versus European point guards and how a lot of European point guards are more distributors and try to get players involved rather than score themselves and nowadays a lot of the. US point guards with, with some exceptions like Solanza walls um, are more from a, a scoring point guard mentality and and obviously white it, it falls along that, those lines so from from that standpoint um, he's got size he, he can shoot. He's not the most athletic guy in the world and he's not the longest guy in the world i think his wingspan is is the same as his height oh, wow. um so so there there's some concerns there but um he's very talented um offensively so um just has to build that that talent and and try to get, you know get more uh action from it from a distributing standpoint
0: yeah and then So the guy I will stick with also as a a point guard that you had mentioned, the scoring point guards is Darius Garland. And what are your thoughts on him and um, what he can do with Cleveland? I mean, he only played, well, I think he had this short spin. I think he played like only like nine games this year, seven games this year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it was
0: five games. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw that.
1: (laughs) But, um, yeah, so it's kind of tough. Obviously, he's, he's getting drafted based on high school and based on his workouts. But I had heard it when he was working out for for Cleveland, he um, shot for like five or six minutes and didn't miss a shot. He was hitting from from everywhere. Wow! So uh, from that from that standpoint, I think with, with him and, and Sexton, they're they're trying to get sort of like a Portland Luller and McCollum um, backcourt where both can play at the same time and kind of switch roles here and there. Um, so you know they're they're high on him so you know I haven't seen him that much obviously cuz he didn't play that much this year but from his workouts and everything else uh everyone had him going going highly like this
0: Yeah uh, yeah I didn't I actually didn't think about it when you said the the, the CJ and the Leward comparison of him and Sexton and Garland you know Sexton and Garland I didn't actually think of the two I kind of thought that maybe Cleveland might be giving up on the sex on Sexton, but maybe because of John Beeline's coaching style coming into the Cleveland, that he could be looking to play that two guard set. Yeah, he likes playing multiple point guards. Um, so,
1: yeah, I think that's that's the, the situation there. I think they're happy with Sexton, and I think he'll he'll kind of grow into his role. He, he played pretty well last year. He needs to improve his shot, but he's um, super quick. And you know, as a first year guy, I think he, he had a he had a solid season. So. I think those two will be interesting going
0: going forward in the, in their backcourt. Yeah, that's for sure. And then, what are your thoughts on uh, a Rui Hachimura and like what his impact is going to be with Washington and what a player like that is and like his work ethic as well? Someone that came from Japan and just learned the game pretty like started playing basketball when he was like 13 or 14 years old and kind of just exploded onto the scene. Yeah, he, he's interesting. It surprised me that, that Washington
1: took him that early. Um, I, I had him going twelve, and he went nine, and I didn't really see Washington going for him there. I, I think there's still he's still got some part of his game to work on. He's he's not really uh, great with the ball. He's not really great making decisions. Um, not you know his defense needs improvement. He hasn't really, like you said, he hasn't really been playing as, as long as a lot of the American kids have been playing. So uh, from from that standpoint, I, I was a little surprised um, physically. Obviously, he's, he's 6'8", 6'9", 230, 235 pounds with a long wingspan. I think he's a 7'2", wingspan, 6'8", 6'9", height. Um, so from a physicality standpoint, obviously he's there. Um, it's just that I think he has to um, start making better decisions, start getting better range on his shot. Um, I don't know whether he's going to contribute a lot r- right off the bat, um, but I think a year or two,
0: three years down the line, they, they might have a really good good player. Yeah, I think he's a player that needs to, I fundamentally, I think fundamentally sound he's there, especially down in the post. Um, the move, his post moves are look great, but I think he has to develop that mid-range, even that three-pointer who's uh, playing in the NBA, I think, because everyone seems to be going to just playing that spread offense, and you know, if you're a five or a four that can shoot in the NBA, you're you're pretty much going to make it in the league for sure. But, yeah, I think he's kind of a player that uh, has a ton of potential. But it was a, like you said, I was kind of shocked that he went as high as he did too and stayed in the tent, Stayed like got drafted in the top ten. Right. Yeah. Yeah he's he's
1: got he's got stuff to work on, but but you know the potential is is clearly there.
0: Yeah, um, Jarek Culver might be one of my favorite players that was drafted in this um, in this draft. I think just because he his work ethic is unbelievable, and what he did with Texas Tech, and a guy that kind of just exploded on a scene that went from not being noticed his junior year to being noticed like on the scene in an AAU tournament. His impact of like who who do you think he will be like? coming
1: into the league. Yeah, tough to say on a, on a comparison basis, but um, everyone really likes, like you say, his work ethic is crazy. Um, I, I heard that at the draft, you know, when he went to New York, he wanted his guys to go get a uh, gym for him to work out. And so, you know, that type of stuff, really good kid. Um, and, you know, at, at six, six, you know, he's he's a prototypical two guard. Uh, long and guard multiple positions he guard two or three um, really a good playmaker for 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 his his size and position so that that helps a lot um, and uh, he's he's great attacking the basket um, his shots decent from mid-range probably needs to improve it from a little a little further out but
0: um, but we
1: we really liked him I think that's a good pick for for Minnesota
0: yeah definitely yeah I think Minnesota's got a something brewing up there and I heard that they're actually talking to D'Angelo Russell today too as well so right yeah and actually Kimball Walker they said is going to sign with the Celtics so that's pretty pretty good pickup for them after everything yeah totally yeah um so your what are your thoughts I know you've been you live out in Oregon and you see a lot of University of Oregon uh basketball games Bowl Bowl I know, like, he's 7'2", he weighs, I think he weighs, like, 208. How, many, how much does he weigh, 208 pounds? He's pretty yeah, skinny.
1: he actually weighed 230 in, in the low 230s during, at the start of the year, and then he got hurt, and uh, maybe, you know, because he wasn't working out so much, he lost weight. So by the time the draft came around, he was 208. Wow. So he'll, you know, he'll be able to gain gain some weight back. And, and probably get in, back into that 225 to 230-pound uh, range.
0: Why do you think he dropped so far in the draft? I feel, I don't know. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of, um, you know, there, there's, there's skill and ability, and everybody scouts for all of that. Uh, but then there's, there's the other stuff, you know, the drive to be a really good player, um, being a good teammate, uh, not getting into trouble, that type of stuff. And then, you know, the injury concerns. With with him, I heard that his, his medical came back okay. Uh, so that may have not been the reason he dropped. any um, anytime you get a big guy like that, that's 7'2", that had a, a foot problem. Obviously, guys, regardless of what his medical says, you know, teams are a little, might be a little hesitant on, on what's gonna happen with, with his future from an injury standpoint. So I think that was part of it. Uh, but the bigger part, I think, is he's just a really quiet kid. And during the interview process, he may have come off as very, very low-key. And maybe teams didn't think he, he had the drive to really work at being a really good player, which I don't think is correct from, from speaking to a lot of the Oregon coaches. Um, you know, he was great for the time that he was he was there. And he did work really hard. Um, so I, I, I think his personality kind of got him uh, drafted a lot lower than than he would have. I, I think even with the injury, and if he came out okay in the interviews, he still would have been a first round pick, although maybe later in the first round. But but the fact that he dropped so far, um, it was kind of crazy to to all of us here that that was watch, or watching the draft. Um, it was very very surprising.
0: Yeah, I felt I felt kind of. Uh... I, did, I felt bad because he was sitting in the green room for so long waiting right. to get drafted and you know, seeing his peers around him get drafted. I mean, a lot of guys that actually were in that green room got drafted. Some of the guys got drafted higher than expected. A lot of them were expected to be lottery picks, but they ended up with 20, like Nazir Little was like 25th, I believe. Yeah. The, which is kind of crazy. So at that point, kind of feel, feel bad for them. But, yeah, I, I was surprised that someone with his talent and what I saw from the short amount of time he played um and what he averaged coming into college you know 21 points per game and three blocks and almost 10 rebounds I'm surprised he dropped as far as he did and I maybe like you said maybe it was his attitude but you said he didn't like from the coaches you spoke to it wasn't like that
1: yeah I think it was more his personality just being a low low low-key kid Um, yeah I think that that hurt him um but where he got drafted, I think Denver's thrilled to, to be able to get him. I know they had him really much higher on on their draft board. And uh, from a skill standpoint, he, he's, he's probably a top ten guy. Uh, there's some question on whether his game translates to the NBA. Being a skinny seven-two guy, you know what, you know where does he really play? What you know what does he do? Um, but um, super skilled, he shot 50% on threes and. Ten rebounds and block shots. So, so yeah, um, I think they'll figure it out and, and find a place for him to play as long as he stays stays healthy. So I think you know you're asking you know, about possibly a, the biggest steal of the draft. That that's probably it for me as,
0: as long as his his health uh, holds up. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And I you know you mentioned a seven skinny seven two. I think of someone named Kevin Durant, a skinny seven foot guy that came right. Up. That you know, like if he could develop maybe some skill, you know, like develop that dribble and get more shooting ability, maybe he can turn into something like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it's a tough comparison, obviously. But yeah, 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 probably. You know, his game's not exactly li- like that, but yeah, uh, he, he does have have the shooting skills. Uh, probably not the ball skills to the extent that Durant has now. Yeah. Um, but you know, different uh, different type of
0: player, but some similarities. Um now we'll stick with bull, bull bull and um tall player. Now do you think if bull bull and taco fall had maybe come out in the nineties or the eighties, do you think they'd be lottery picks? Yeah, I think you know with 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 Bowl still the
1: injury concern. So but but yeah, I I think the, the more likely bull bull's just so skinny that, you know, he's he's not a prototypical center. Yeah. yeah. Other than his height, uh, he'll, he'll you know, if he was playing inside, he'll get pushed around a lot in, in the NBA. So he'll he'll be outside a lot. He'll be inside some trying to break block shots. He does have good post moves. So, um, you know, he has a nice little hook from 10, 12 feet. So um, but yeah, I, I think in a different different time, they'd probably be
0: thought of, of you know, higher in the draft. Yeah, yeah, I would, That's uh, that I, I, I came across my mind, and, like, I would always, I always think about, it like, the tall guys that are kind of, like, you know, are just more of the post-player games, and now that, I think they would be more of the lottery picks back in the 90s and early 2000s, and, right. you know, now that the game's changed so much, it's kind of crazy. Um, so you're going out to the Summer League, uh, is there a guy that people should be on the lookout for that might make a splash on a team that wasn't drafted, or... Do you know of or like maybe was a second round pick yeah tough to say um you know the the summer
1: league's kind of funny because um the games don't really translate very well to to real nba games they're you know teams are put together kind of quickly with guys that haven't played together and i've seen guys stand out quite a bit at the Summer League and then the season starts and, you know, it doesn't matter anything. Uh, You know, they don't play or they never make it. So Mm -hmm. I'm not a big guy that looks at Summer League as something that might lead to something as far as um, individual play goes. But at the same point, we we like to look at a lot of the rookies and and see how they react to their kind of first, first experience playing Almost, almost at an NBA level.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh ah, well, um, I think that's it for me. I, that's all I have for today. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy your time out in the summer league. I'm kind of jealous. I was going out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it should be good. It's always it's so popular now because all all thirty teams are there. Um, until three or four years ago, there was only seventeen or eighteen teams, so it was popular but not crazy popular like it is now. And I think with all the all the publicity behind Williamson and even Barrett, um, their games will, will be crazy and be sold out. They've already sold out the first day, July 5th. And, yeah. Um, they play yes. each other
0: that day against each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting. So, uh, so yeah. So it should be fun from that from that standpoint.
0: And yeah, yeah, it should be a good time. Um, all right. Well. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I wish I was going out there with you. Maybe <laughs> the next year I'll have to make it out there. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And then if you're ever on the East Coast, let me know. I'll, uh, we'll have to meet up. For sure. Well, thanks. Right. Uh, thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks. And uh, anyone that is interested in taking some classes with Carl at sportsmanagementworldwide.com, look into their scouting courses. He Obviously, Carl's great and does knows what he's talking about. Appreciate that. Thanks, okay. Jeff. Have a good one.
1: You too. Bye-bye. Thank you.
0: Bye. All right. That was my interview with Carl. Um, Great, great interview with Carl. I really enjoyed the conversation that we had. Him and I, I really do enjoy talking about the draft picks and guys coming out of of college. And Carl is a a book of knowledge about those guys. He's been scouting, looking at those guys for a long time. Did a great job. I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Carl. Um, Like I said, please go... If you're very interested in scouting, uh, definitely give him a look on Sports Management Worldwide and interested in his courses, definitely take them. Uh, all right, so what I want to jump into right now is the Westbrook and Harden trade. Um, interesting, like I said, I was pretty shocked in my last podcast the last week when this trade happened. I was very caught off guard that this had happened, that he went to Houston, but You know, after I had thought about a lot of things, um, you know, I I slept on this, but like first of all, I want to get into something. Like first of all, the the trade that happened is sucks for Chris Paul. Chris Paul's stuck in a young Oklahoma City Thunder team. Uh, Not a lot of not a big supporting cast. Not a lot of guys with veteran status. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, Chris's contract's really big. It's tough to. I'm sure it's really tough to move for Oklahoma City. I know they've been trying to trade him, but it looks like he's going to be starting with Oklahoma City um, in the beginning of the season. It looks like they can't find anyone to trade with or find a person to come in, or maybe they can make a three-team deal. Who knows? I mean, Oklahoma City has a lot of picks. They're probably trying to pick up another pick with uh, you know, the Chris Ball trade, so I don't know what they're looking for or what's happening. But it sucks for him. I mean, hopefully he still plays. I would like to see him dressed still play. I mean, Chris is a great point guard. I know he's not the best teammate from things that I've heard from other players and things that have been going around in the league. But, you know, Chris is one of those point guards that I grew up watching as a kid. Um, saw him play at Wake Forest. It was a really, like, I was a huge fan of him. used to play with him in the NCAA tournament basketball games when they used to exist. Um, it was a lot of fun. You know, to play with him and, you know, the same draft, play with that on um, New Orleans-Horns teams that made the conference finals one year and he really went off. You know, he's been a great, great player. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate uh, the situations that have happened with him and, you know, in hearing the rumors that he's not a great teammate. But, you know, I hope he finds a home somewhere and hopefully he goes to a good team. I would like to see the Timberwolves make a play for him, but also the Timberwolves have a kind of a big contract with Andrew Wiggins as well. So that's that's tough for them. Um maybe Andrew Wiggins goes to Oklahoma City Thunder maybe they make that trade. I don't know. Andrew Wiggins is another guy too that I like but I've been kind of disappointed with because he hasn't really taken that next step. Um really hasn't made that much noise. I know he's been averaging 22 23 points per game in the past couple seasons but he's really not a guy that I don't know if he has good leadership status. Um you know with that Timberwolves team I'd like this that Timberwolves team has so much potential. I'd like to see them Make some moves and get into the playoffs because you know there are a lot of fun. There would be a lot of fun to watch with that young core. Uh, it would remind me of a young Oklahoma City Thunder if they could make some moves or somehow you know get back into playoffs. But back to the Westbrook and Harden trade. So I slept on this a lot and I thought about it. You know what? I think the Rockets are going to be a 60 win team this year, and this is a big call on my behalf. Um, Hot take, very, very hot take here. But I think that, you know, with D'Antoni's offense, with, you know, you have two of the best ball handlers in the league, with Westbrook and Harden. And I think those guys are going to play extremely well together. They used to be teammates, and I know they took over their own teams at a certain points. Um, but I, you know, I just see them working out, working on how to play together. I think they're now at the point of their career where they're both in their prime. And they want to win a championship. I think it's not about the numbers. I think it's about trying to get to the NBA Finals uh, and winning that championship. And I, you know the West is wide open right now. We have a bunch of teams with dynamic duels and they're one of those teams with a dynamic duel. So I think they have the right team around them. Uh, the good a great supporting cast uh, would like to you know, it's too bad that Trevor Rees is not there anymore. Uh, but they have a great supporting cast around them. I think this is going to be a team that's going to be really tough to stop. I think they're going to be a sixty-win team this year. I think they're going to be number one in the West. Very hot take. I know I, everyone's jumping on the Clippers bandwagon and everything like that, and the Lakers bandwagon. I think this Rockets team is being overlooked because they're looking. Everyone's seeing a very ball dominant team with two ball two ball dominant guys. I should say not a ball dominant team um playing together but i think we're going to be shocked and surprised how well these two play together and how much they're how much fun they're going to be to watch i think that we're going to see a lot of fast breaks i think we're going to see Harden throwing Al out to westbrook i think we're going to see westbrook average a triple double this year again i think he's going to average 23 10 and 10 and i think hardens still going to average 28 30 um i think both could possibly be mvp candidates too the West is wide open. I think we're going to see a team that's going to surprise a lot of a lot of teams. I mean, they're not going to be surprised because they have, but I think they're just being overlooked currently with the situation that happened. I mean, with the Clippers, obviously having Kawhi and Paul George, you know, that's going to be a great team because that's still, they have a good core around them as well. And the same thing with the Lakers, with the, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um and, you know, it's still—that's another team too, a good core. But I think this Rockets team, with D'Antoni running it, running the show, uh, with two excellent point guards. All of D'Antoni's point guards have won MVPs. He's excelled all of his point guards to the next level. Anytime he's had any kind of uh, superstar that was a point guard on his team, they've always ex- excelled in his offense and his offensive what he presents. I think this is going to be a 60 win game, 60 win team this year. I think they're going to finish number one in the East and number one in um, the whole NBA. I just, that's my thoughts. I think this is going to be a tough team to stop. I think we're going to see a really good team. And now, the only thing that I have to say is they have to just play defense. That's the only thing. Once they, if they can play good defense and play well with each other, we're seeing, we're looking at a possible championship contender. You know, This league is wide open, which makes it more exciting. And I've mentioned this before, all the NBA free agency, all the news, everything that's been going on, we're looking at a open, open league, which is absolutely crazy to think about, like... Uh, like this is the first time we've seen this in a long, like in a very long time that the NBA is wide open with the dynamic duels, which is great. I'm glad that we're back to dynamic duels. I'm, I'm so sick of the super teams. I mean, you would have three or four teams that were good. Now we have eight or nine teams that are dom that like, good that we can look forward to. That we no one really knows who's going to win a championship this year. Usually, you could predict it was going to be Warriors, Cleveland because LeBron, or you could be, predict. You know, you know, Warriors again, but we didn't know who was coming out of the East. You know, it's, it's better. It's better for the league now because no one knows who's coming out of the West. No one knows who's coming out of the East. We're looking at two great, great, great... I mean, not two great, great. I mean, we're looking at, like, a great NBA season with, like, eight dominant teams. With two dynamic, great players on... on both those teams and with a great role players and maybe the league had shifted to this you know going from the the super teams to the big threes or whatever it is because of role players i mean look at the warriors the warriors have this dominant team and then when they came down to injuries they had no one to come off their bench to help out that team i mean that's think about that this is a championship team that had five superstars on it five five superstars uh, great, great players. And then, you know, when you get injured and all this stuff, you don't have that backup players to help out. You don't have those bench players. You don't really even have a sixth man to come off the bench for you to help you out. You know, I mean, I know they had Livingston and Iguodala, but, like, still you don't have... Where are the other three guys? Who's replacing, you know... who's re- I know, like, who's replacing? Who's coming off the bench for Iguodala when he needs a break When because there's no Durant? you know who's coming off the bench for um livingston when he needs a break because they just know clay thompson you know so this is it's interesting to see what like how what this dynamic duo is going to do because i mean look at what Kawhi did with toronto you know taking that team they had a deep bench team i think they played at least eight or nine deep and they had Kawhi Leonard, obviously. Was, playing it out of his mind who's a super team stopper um destroys super teams destroys dynasties so it's it's gonna be an interesting league i hope everyone is ready to watch this year because i'm pumped i'm fired up for the nba i'm ready to go i'm ready for it to start now i'm ready for football season i'm ready for basketball season i'm ready for those seasons to start now i'm so excited for the league um but those are my thoughts right now on the new news that's going on with the new NBA news that's going on with Chris Ball and then my thoughts on, the, on that Houston Rockets team. A um, couple things before I let you guys go. I once the college basketball season gets into it, we're gonna I'm gonna start covering college basketball, uh, start doing segments for college basketball as well, and the NBA. Um, so my part of the talking might last a little bit longer. Maybe we're looking at like a. Forty minutes total for me to be talking. Uh depending on how long other interviews go. Um, you know, I if I have an interview that goes an hour, I'm just gonna play that interview. Um, with just a couple things that I say. Um, but I think I'm gonna start covering. I'm gonna start covering more college basketball once it gets. Once we get close to the season. Um, also, if you guys are interested in reading, um, my blog is gonna be back up and running by next week. I'm going to cover college basketball and NBA basketball news. Um, mostly with college basketball, I'll be focusing on a couple of the local teams, uh, mostly URI, um, some piece and PC. But I also will be releasing some articles about who we should expect to come out of the major, out of the major conferences and the mid-major conferences, uh, and some tournament previews, and as well as some scouting reports. Um, For the NBA stuff, I'm still going to deliver the news. I'm still going to cover, you know, teams and talk about all NBA news, all NBA teams. I'm really excited for this. Um, I'm glad that you guys have stuck with me through this, um, you know, the past couple months. As things have been slowing down, I'm just going to be releasing this once a week too as well Um, for the moment until basketball picks up unless, you know... um, I get, like, a ton of guests. Um, I'm trying to slow on the guest part as well, too. I'm reaching out to people, and hopefully we can get a few more guests on before the next release of this podcast by next week Um, in in the talks with some former NBA players. So we'll see what happens there. I'm very excited. So I hope you guys have a great weekend. Be safe out there, and I'll see you next Friday.